Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the 21st Sunday after Pentecost, or Reformation Sunday for the week of October 25th, 2020. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast. And wow, what a crazy time it is to be that we're nearing the end of this lectionary, that we're already digging into Reformation Sunday. And I feel it's a little unfortunate because we'll get into it a little bit later here with the gospel text that we would have had. I feel it's such an text that we really need to hear. And we will be trying to have both Reformation and just the Revised Common Lectionary for the 21st Sunday after Pentecost for the people who aren't doing Reformation Sunday. But it's just exciting time of year to be going through this. We'll have next week, we'll also have All Saints along with the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost if that's available. But it's this fun, interesting time here as we're digging into these texts. We're getting out the last of what we can here out of Matthew. And we've talked about it here a couple times that this has been a really difficult year. And as I've reflected and talked with a couple other people in ministry, I think part of this is due to the fact that Matthew, with being a tax collector and then writing it from that perspective, is willing to get into some of these more difficult questions, especially within just government and with the worry the world is right now that makes things more difficult. And it's affecting the science community just as much as it is affecting the rest of society. So it's an interesting interplay that we're in. And I think it really fits in well with what we had the Twitter question for last week was, do we give ourselves enough time to be amazed? And it was interesting because it's something that I think a lot of times in the hustle and bustle of life, we don't appreciate. And it's sometimes even the perspective of when we are doing something that's a difficult task, something that is hard, do we have to do it at this breakneck speed? Or can we take it at our own pace and still try enjoying this process, even if it's something that's kind of a grueling process to do? I know there's plenty of things within life that all of us don't like doing, but we like it being completed. And so is there a process within that that you can still find joy in what we're doing? So let's just jump into it. We're going to start then with the Reformation text, and then we'll jump into the 21st Sunday after Pentecost. There's a lot of texts this week, so I'm going to try to get through these as quick as we can to get into talking about these. So the gospel text for Reformation Sunday is out of John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. So Jesus had Jewish people who believed in him in front of him. And talking to them on, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. They bring up this question of being descendants of Abraham and that they've never been the slaves to anybody. How are you making us free? Which is an interesting statement because the Jewish people have been slaves multiple times. We've been going through it with Exodus the last few weeks and how that story we were able to see some of the places where they have been slaves. Jesus then responds in verse 34, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin, and the slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. So this idea of how Christ then is able to release us from the bondage of sin. 
The first reading is out of Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. This is reminding the people of Israel that there is this new covenant coming, that God is making this covenant with them that he will not break. And no longer will they just know the Lord, but this is going to bring us closer together and it will break the bondage of sin as we know that Jesus did later on. The psalm this week is Psalm 46. And this is remembering and being able to take in not only the power of God, but the refuge that we take in God and that he then continues to provide for us. So in these times of tumult and these things where we're feeling all these crazy things going on around us, it's the psalm like Psalm 46 that remembers us to center ourselves within connecting with God. The second reading is out of Romans chapter 3, verses 19 to 28. And this is talking about how there is the law and that with being a Christian, and they're looking at it from the law of the Old Testament, that Christ came in and does it totally put aside everything that was in the Old Testament and that law? No. But does it also mean that there is new stuff being written in? Yes, that Christ coming in changed the picture and that we are not just judged on works. By no means is works are not the be-all, end-all. It's that our faith is being lived out and that becomes part of it. We kind of get this here coming right at the end. We'll read 27 and 28. Then what becomes of boasting? It is excluded. By what law? By that of works? No but by the law of faith. For we hold that a person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. This idea that our faith is what is moving us to do these things and also separating us from this idea of that the works and what we do purely make us to be able to go to heaven. The 21st Sunday after Pentecost, the gospel text is out of Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 46. So the Sadducees are again a group of Jewish people, and they are questioning Jesus on, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment? He responds with, Love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And that that is the greatest commandment. The second greatest commandment being you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that it's these two commandments then that inspire us to be able to go forth in what we're doing. And there's continued questioning back and forth, but it's this idea then of how because we are looking at and loving our neighbor, that that is then what is able to move us forward. And what we see here also is the continuation of them trying to justify who is this Jesus guy. And he's continuing to phrase it where, yes, I am part of David's tree, but it's not that he has something more. But again, the questions that then he is asking of them, they have a hard time being able to fully respond to. The first reading is out of Leviticus chapter 19 verses 1 and 2 and 15 through 18. And this is reminding the people again of God and what 
he isn't just here to judge people, that he is here to remind us that we have to continue to love our neighbor, and that's part of showing our faith, and that we are all kin together, that this is part of something that we're all working toward together, and so that there is no means that we should just hurt each other. The alternative first reading is out of Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 1 through 12. This is the end of what we have of Moses' life. We have God bringing Moses up onto the Mount of Nebo on the plains of Moab and is showing them kind of the whole thing. He passes away and they're going to mourning and this is them where we get the rising up of Jeremiah and that he is going to be the next prophet. This is the one that Moses had laid his hands on that will lead the people and that this had been, Moses had been the greatest leader of the Israelites at this point. The psalm this week is Psalm 1. And this is this beautiful psalm going through and talking about how we need to have deep-rooted faith. And that if it's deep-rooted, this is like a tree by a stream of water that will yield fruit. And it really doesn't wither because there's constantly being fed. And that we're not like chaff, which would be like the seeds or weeds that are just blown away. And just there's nothing for them to really be able to have roots to be able to hold up when things are getting difficult. And so this idea, again, of having God first, that it allows us to be able to have fruit to be able to share with others. The second reading is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And again, this kind of continues to play into this theme that we're finding here of how we're not trying to deceive each other. We're trying to build each other up, that this is a gospel that we're taking in people together and that we're working then through this and that through the care that we have with other people, that this then will allow us to be able to grow and be able to have the gospel grow through the Holy Spirit being spoken through these groups of people. So, before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do our shameless plug, Bo, Working Preacher. And if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast with four different seminary professors to their commentaries that have multiple different commentaries each week from multiple different biblical scholars, along with multiple different discussions that are on that website. If you have not checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. There is a lot going on, and as we just kind of wrapped up a lot of these things, but I will say, I think this is a message that we really need to hear. In our world today, especially that there has been a lot of tumult within people, that there's just been a lot of disruption, a lot of uneasiness, a lot of lack of trust. And what I find super interesting between these two texts is how the gospel texts of both of these play so beautifully together. Jesus in John 8 is talking about how from him going through what he will go through, that it frees us from sin. And what does that freedom allow us to do? That freedom allows us 
to be like what we're hearing here in Matthew 22, that we are able to love God with our whole heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind, because we realize that if we mess up, that we will continue to recognize that, ask for forgiveness, and continue to strive for that. But also, in order to continue to try loving God, we will love our neighbor as ourselves. That's part of us living out our faith and being that active part of our faith. And how easy it is for us to forget that. How easy it is for us to forget to give thanks. So easy it is for us to be able to be in this place of reassurance that we forget to give thanks to God, which I'd argue allows us to feel the love of God, to be able to show love to our neighbor and really sense that freedom that is given, that releases us from these different things that hold us back. There isn't exactly a perfect science tie-in with this type of dialogue, but there are a couple examples that we can think about. We look into nature, and how many times have we seen these videos where we are putting our human emotions onto animals, where they're showing their appreciation for us as human beings helping them at some point in some way? And I'll attach links down below. One that I really resonate with is one I've heard many, many times, and it's from Jim Brandenburg's Chase by the Light documentary. If you haven't checked that out, I'd highly recommend it. He's a former National Geographic photographer, and after years of working at National Geographic in the late 90s, he just was questioning if he still had the desire to keep creating images. And so he had this idea of making an absolute difficult task. And especially as a person who has done some photography, this is ridiculously difficult, especially that he is more of a wildlife photographer. But his whole idea was he was going from the first day of fall to the first day of winter with one click of the shutter every day. Not that he's picking one photo, he was only taking one photo. And this is still in the age of film. So this is the idea that he had to get the perfect exposure and everything the one time. And to see if that challenge pushed him to find that love that he had for photography and see if he still has it. Early on in this journey, there's a picture that he ends up creating of two loons swimming off, one of them lifting out of the water and flapping its wings with an island there and a beautiful sunset. And I'll try finding the picture and attaching that down below. But he tells the story as he's out in the Boundary Waters canoe area and finds this loon that has fishing line wrapped around it. And so he goes over and gets the fishing line off the bird. And he talks about as the bird is swimming away, it does this. And he saw it as almost a thank you to him as a photographer. And we have all these different experiences within our own lives. And we've seen the hundreds, if not thousands of viral videos of wildlife coming up to people to give thanks or how we can interpret that of, you know, 
I need help with this, and then in some way give thanks for that. We often forget that as human beings for some reason. We forget the acknowledgement of God in everything that we're doing and the power of what God has in our lives. We forget the ability of what it means to genuinely be working together with people and understanding that there's a lot of things in this life we cannot do alone. Our lives are about working together. This idea of because we have been set free from Christ doing what Christ did and that we are told to love God and understanding that not only other people, but everything around us outside of ourselves has just as much God, if not more God in it than ourselves and treating and looking at it that way. It's a hard way to live, but that's how we've been called to live. Another way of looking at this is, and this is just basic understanding of scientific procedure, we can't do science as single individuals. Now, granted, sure, there'll be studies that will be done by a certain person, but it's still peer-reviewed by a group of people. It's still critically looked at by groups of people. Science is not done in a vacuum of one person. Science is done as a group of people out of respect and love for each other with this undeniable desire to try to understand more. When I look at these texts and the promises that God has given us, do we have that undeniable desire to understand more? Is part of why God is trying to remind us to give thanks, not only to our brothers and sisters in Christ, but also to recognize the ability of Christ's creation so that we draw near, so that we give thanks to God. And say, God, this is how I was able to look and use the freedom that you have given me in love. The world is crazy. And one of the ways that I think the world is really crazy is that we've somewhere along the line decided that we can do it best on our own. And we can't. Faith has been, I think, for a lot of people, and myself included, has been hard this year. Because we've isolated a lot. We're around a very small group of people. Otherwise, we're by ourselves. We aren't having the community that we're used to, the community that helps us grow and challenge us to continue to dig deeper. It's been hard this year. But in that, we cannot forget that just because the people that you see maybe at the store or see in other parts of life aren't still God's creation aren't still people that are loved and cherished by our creator, aren't people that still have valid and good things to say, whether we agree with them on everything or not. We have to understand that there's still value that they bring to the table. But above all that, we have to love our God. And part of loving God is loving his creation and understanding that all people, all creation is part of his creation. And are we going to sit here and ridicule and draw lines? Or are we going to sit here and realize that these are people that might be able to help us better understand more of our creator? Because isn't that part of what science is all about? Part of what I believe science is, is starting to understand and better understand what we've been given here. And by doing that, by understanding what we have been given, we can then better understand our giver. We are so much stronger. 
in science, in life, when we are working together with others. And it's one of the lessons that a lot of us learned in school is that sometimes we were put into groups where we didn't necessarily have best friends in all of our groups. Sometimes we had to deal with people that we don't or didn't get along with that well. But we figured out a way. We figured out a way to be able to make sure that we got through that. And part of that is us realizing and understanding that they're a child of God. Sometimes when we're seeing that animal or tree or plant in pain and we try to do our best, we're trying to understand and take care of God's creation as we are called into that. We are trying to show the love and care that God has for for the creation. And because we love and care about God, we try taking care of it. And sometimes one of the things that I really found interesting as I was looking again through some of these stories is how often we forget to go and do that last step. To thank you to the people who matter a lot to us, who have made major impacts on us, the person that goes out of our way that one day to help us with that little thing that we just needed at that moment. Or is it that we're going and giving thanks to our creator every day for the gifts and abilities that are presented to us and all he asks for in return is love, soul love, for him. And we love our creator with all our heart, all our mind, and all our strength. And that we're trying to live that out on a day-to-day basis. It's like when you first started dating a significant other and you're trying to get to know this person, trying to find common hobbies, trying to find things that are unique to them and things that are important to them and taking note trying to learn about it and show different ways that you care about that, trying to take interest, trying to learn of the new and different things that they can provide and bring into your life. Is God not the same way? Do we not see in nature where animals are doing that same type of thing or even the plant life? When someone goes through and helps an animal to be able to survive that maybe otherwise wouldn't have made it, understanding the freedom that was given to them because someone took the time? Are we recognizing that? Or have we gotten caught up in our own egotistical point of view and our own egotistical ideas of our own faith that we miss the perspective of community faith? Science is a big community, but realizing that there are individuals in it that are needed just as much Faith should be the same way. Our life should be the same way because that's what we're called to in these texts. See, the beauty that I see within these texts is the freedom that we are given through John based off of that we cannot pay back that sin and that God then gives us through Jesus this thing of the greatest commandment is to love me. Love me with all you have. And if you're loving me with all you have, that means that you need to be able to care for your neighbor, care for people outside of yourself. You need to be able to look with love on the people that are around you, be able to grow, to be able to discover, to be able to learn more about me. And in doing that, we should be bringing that back to God. And it's beautiful to be bringing this all up on Reformation Sunday because that is what Martin Luther was talking about in Freedoms of a Christian. Do we do that, though? 
the science community in a lot of ways does because it's constantly the idea of trying to work with each other, not necessarily to disagree, to make sure that we're finding good things and what can we build off of, what can we continue, or if this is true, then what else can we question and infer to further understand? If we don't go through the process of loving God to the point where we love our neighbor, do we miss out on actually understanding the first great commandment? Do we miss out on actually feeling that sense of freedom that is given to us? I would argue yes. In a world right now that is wrestling with itself, we need to be able to remember this. So the Twitter question this week won't initially be really a question. It's more of a statement. And I'd love to hear what you do with it. But what are you doing for someone else this week? Or do something else for someone this week. Show God's love to someone else this week. Outside of what you would normally do. And because of doing that, do you feel that freedom? Do you feel a deeper connection with God? If we aren't challenging ourselves to look out and reach beyond where we're comfortable to reach beyond our little circle that keeps us safe. How do we actually understand God? That God's just in this little safe community? Because God tells us that he's with all of creation, not just our little safe communities. God challenges us to push further out. And as we see even in the crucifixion story, when Jesus is crying out that God was even pushing his own son to places where maybe he wasn't 100% comfortable, even though he knew that's where he needed to go. Brothers and sisters, we have to be okay with loving each other. We have to be okay with trying to reach out to that person or group of people or listening to each other, even when it's hard. We have to be able to understand that maybe God's telling you to love not just people, but the rest of his creation in this world and out of it. We have to be okay with that. We have to wrestle with that to get through that. And are we gonna be perfect in that? No, but that's okay. We're gonna keep trying though. We can't give up. Because if we give up, then we wouldn't have the science. Because science would be all up to personal thought, personal ideas, personal ways of seeing things. We really wouldn't make progress in understanding more of what is out there advancement in technology would be dead because these are all group projects. These are all things that we work together on. And so I figure that maybe it's time for us to be learning from our furry friends, our plant friends, our rest of our creation friends, making sure that we're doing our thank yous, reaching out for help when we need help, and understanding that in doing that, in reaching and loving our neighbor, that in that we really start to understand deeper our own faith and deeper be able to understand who God created us to be. And the science will make more sense because we have more people to interpret it, to give ideas, to help us understand. And in those moments, God is revealed. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.